You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. G'day, it's Ben Davis. Thanks for catching up on Mornings here on SENQ. But you know what? You can also catch up some great content with other SEN shows, such as Brekkie with Patty and Heels, The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp, all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until then, sit back and enjoy and make sure you tell your mates. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. G'day. Thanks for polishing the silverware and sharpening the knife with me this morning. Cups and coups, they are top of mind. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. The new boss of Australian rugby. You have a direct line to him this morning. What would be the first thing you'd fix if you were Daniel Herbert? A wallaby, a Queenslander, a bloke who knows about business, a bloke who knows rugby, a bloke who knows winning. Where do you want him to start to make the game great again? And don't tell me you don't care about rugby. I know you do. 70,000 registered players here in Queensland. So your son, your daughter, maybe yourself playing rugby in this state. Near sellouts when Wallaby tests are at Suncorp, the Bledisloes, the Box, the Poms. I know you care. And you do care because they are our international shop front when it comes to football. You may argue the Matildas are the Socceroos, but again, how often do we see them? How often are we staying up to watch them? The Wallabies, our code in our backyard, are our international football team. I did an interview with SENNZ in the last hour talking about this exact issue. And Liam over there said he likens, well, not a, not a dumpster fire, Australian rugby. It's beyond that. He sees it as the flaming eucalypt tree in the middle of a bushfire. Fair call? Or too harsh? If you're in charge of Australian rugby, what would your first order of business be? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. That may be the basket case of Australian sport, but cricket is our showcase. Front page of every newspaper in the country 
St. Pat's World Beaters. Well, that was the headline in the Australian. St. Pat. Is that fair enough? Or is that too far? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Cricket and rugby this morning. Pat Cummins has launched himself into the stratosphere of one of our greatest cricket captors. He joins Border, War, Ponting and Clark as a World Cup winning captain. Where, where does he sit in that quintuple, in that group? Above Clark? Yeah. Below Border and Ponting. What about above Steve War? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736. In a year that would be career defining, not only for Pat Cummins, but this cricket team. Our test captain took over the 50 over captaincy as well. That's not the done thing these days. Normally a test and one day captain or red ball, white ball captain. But no, Pat's doing both. Not the T20s, but the 50 overs. And being a, a captain of a cricket team is certainly not the realm of a fast bowler or any bowler, really. He's retained the Ashes in England, probably should have won it. He's won a World Test Championship and now World Cup final in India against India. A billion-strong juggernaut who rolled through everything and everyone in a tournament like a blue tsunami. That is until it hit a green and gold rock wall with quicks who were firing pop guns, an opener with a broken hand and a middle-order batsman who wasn't even supposed to be there. In fact, he wasn't even originally picked. This was an Aussie underdog at its best, wasn't it? The World Cup final. Was it one of the better underdog stories we've seen in Australian sport? If there is one better... In your mind, who or what? 131355 0467 736 736. It's part of our DNA being the underdog, but someone needs to be holding the lead, guiding them, showing how it's done. Enter Captain Cummins. He was there at the end when the big show put on the biggest show. He was there at the toss in that final, electing to bowl first. What? And he was there dethroning the king, Coley, personally taking his wicket. The big moments, Big Pat stood up. So here's the question. Does the events of the last 48 hours, or the last two months really, does it change your opinion of Pat Cummins? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Where does he sit in the pantheon of Australian captains? Help me out here because fair income, I am Natalie Imbruglia on this. I'm torn. You know my issues about results and reputation. Does one override the other here in your mind? 25 million, 26 million Australian selectors. Pat Cummins, where does he sit in your mind now after leading Australia to a World Cup win? Uh, Coming up, it's the same question I'll be putting to Chuck Berry. Darren Berry, very strong opinions, we know, part of the call team on SEN. Uh, Matt Rogers will get his take on Dan Herbert in HQ. That's after 10 o'clock today. Cameron Smith's coach, uh, will be joining us on the verge of defending his Australian PGA title here in Queensland, at Royal Queensland. It's one of our biggest sporting events on the calendar. Are you going to Royal Queensland? It was a ripping, ripping event last year. Scott, Smith, Leishman, Min Woo. Oh, some of the great names of Australian sport are there. And, of course, Queensland's biggest sports quiz.
That's coming up after 11. Dinner or drinks on us at the Waterloo Bay Hotel. Dan Herbert, not too far away. But before we do that, let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Uh, all right, where would you start if you were Daniel Herbert, who now finds himself in charge of rugby in this country? Something he wasn't even contemplating before the weekend. He's a World Cup winner. He's a super rugby winner. He comes from winning dressing rooms. Now he has to create a winning boardroom. One of his first missions should be stopping the player drain, right? If not, what should be his first mission? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. They're the digits you need. The lines are open right now. Keeping teenage rugby players from switching or being poached to rugby league or perhaps even AFL. This was QRU chairman Brett Clark yesterday on the player drain. In, in Queensland, historically, we've been a net exporter of talent. And so our pathways, whether it's private schools or, or, or wherever the, the rugby players are coming from, um, we haven't been able to retain them. We have schools at the moment who the majority of their first team has contracted the NRL. And we cried out to RA for more money and more funding to be able to stop that leakage. Yeah, stopping the leakage. Herbie was a defensive rock. He used to stop the defensive leaking. Now he'll need every ounce of that to plug those leaks. But how can he do it without money? Ah, the centralisation of the commercial side of the game. It's what we spoke to Red CEO David Hannum about last week. The high performance centralisation, yes. Commercial, no. Here's Brett Clark again. The board that was before me, I've only been in this role for two years, they got dirty and ugly and turned it around. They built this amazing facility and for all that hard work over the last six years, there's certainly no way. And, you know, you only have to look at the, the results of RA of late. Not having a go at them, they've had a tough environment, but there's no way we're going to hand this asset and this, this 140-year-old institution across to RA. All right, he's got a war on his hands, Daniel Herbert, I would have thought. So, yeah, the Queensland Reds are up for, or Queensland Rugby's up for centralisation of high performance, but not commercial. Can, can, can you have one without the other? The Waratahs have already signed up for both. So is that a fair and level playing field? Does that even matter? That's the nuts and bolts of what he's got to work through in the boardroom. But on field, the stuff that you see, the stuff that you can touch, as a fan as a parent, as a grandparent, as a player. What should Dan Herbert's first mission be as the new boss for rugby in this country? I wonder if being a Queenslander helps the situation with Queensland rugby, getting them on board. It's something I will be asking him shortly. But the, the reason Rugby Australia want to centralise commercialise, uh, the commercial side of things, be in control of the money coming in, is because they don't have any. So for me... Every single problem, uh, a new coach, a high-performance system, keeping players in the game, stopping the poaching, uh, enough super rugby teams, i.e. do we have too many? Do we need to carve them back? It all comes down to the dollar. It all comes down to cash, money, revenue, or, or lack of it. Where will rugby get its money from? It all takes money solving these problems, keeping the talent, warding off the poachers, developing teenagers, getting the right high-performance system, getting the right coach. That's where he needs to start.
13 13 55 0 4 6 7 7 3 6 7 3 6. If you've got other ideas, I'd love to hear them. Dan Herbert coming up on the other side of this. Uh, that's where his predecessor fell down, Hamish McLennan, wasn't it? Herbie needs, <laughs> Herbie needs to turn bananas into bullion. How? We'll find out after this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. I tell you folks, it's harder than it looks. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Uh, Slam and Sam, that song goes out to Dan Herbert. He is at the top now of Australian rugby, uh, but a long way to go to get the Wallabies back to the top. We'll get to Herbie in just a moment, but the board is lit up, which is outstanding. Uh, Phil's on the Gold Coast. Phil, good morning to you. First cab off the rank. G'day, mate. How you going? V- very well. Um, where should where should Dan start? Mate, I'll be honest with you. Our pathways in Queensland rugby, even in New South Wales and so forth, are completely broken. I think Paul Carrozza is doing a horrible job as pathways with the Reds. And I say that um, as a parent of a kid who's involved in the Emerging Reds program, the backbone of this program is kids already signed with league clubs. League clubs. There are genuine rugby kids missing out to kids that are already signed with the league clubs. Like, so to give you an idea, our local club here in Brisbane, we have four kids who are under the age of 18 who have signed overseas clubs in France, in Japan, not even getting a, not even getting a look in. Hey, so, so, sorry, Phil. So ja- Japanese rugby have signed... And French rugby. French rugby. One of the leading 5.8s in the GPS from a state high school this year isn't, hasn't even got a look in with the Reds. He's signed to go over to Breve and, pl- and play Pro D2 in mm-hmm. France. There's a prop playing in France. There's a winger from another state high school in the GPS competition last year who signed and is over in Powell now. He's 18 years old. Is that a, is that a money thing, Being Phil? overlooked by league players. No, he's being overlooked. They're being overlooked by, by league oh. kids who are signed with league kids. If you don't go to a GPS school, you have no hope at all in Queensland of making it through rugby union. If you look through these red 16s and red 19s and red 15s, 99% of the kids are at a GPS school, and I guarantee you they are not the best players in their positions. We have that many good kids playing rugby at club competitions in Brisbane, the Gold Coast, Darling Down, Sunshine Coast, but because they do not go to a GPS school, Carrozza and his crew do not look at them. Phil, oh, it's something I'll put to Dan. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Phil, very passionate. Has that been your experience? 13 13 55 0467 Time for one more before we get to uh, Herbie. Uh, Andrew, good morning. Okay, Benny, how are you? Very well. How's Kalanga on this grey old misty morning? Yes, well, I'm a grey old misty man. I'm sort of uh, just before Dan's era, but to me, Australian rugby lost its, lost its identity with its influx of New Zealand coaches. I believe, uh, I listened to Phil then, I think Phil's partially right, but you know, I came through the system. I, I didn't play rugby till I was 13. I went to a private school. Mm. I played Australian schoolboys, but we had an identity. We had a rugby identity developed by people like Alec Evans, Bob Templeton. Uh, we had Australian coaches coaching in an Australian way. Um, now we've gone to a New Zealand identity. We can't play that style of rugby. 
we've, we've become unattractive in everything we do. Our players don't play club footy. I can imagine Dan could relate to you yeah. about club footy. We need to get our players back to club footy. Forget this whinging about you know, money overseas. Get the kids back into... That's your gateway. But getting them back into club rugby. Get these kids into club rugby. Uh, get the internationals back into club rugby. They don't belong to Australian Rugby Union. They belong to Queensland or New South Wales. But, you know, I, I, I just find it hard. It's such an easy fix. Go back to our way of playing rugby. Ask Dan what he would have been told to do when he played rugby. Would have been to hold up the outside centre position, reset and go again. We don't do that anymore. It's, it's such an easy fix. And when you've got a winning team, you've got money. It's, you don't have to go looking for it. Uh, that's the absurdity of everything is uh, once you've got a winning team uh, on, the, on the ground playing Australian style of rugby, I mean, I was lucky enough to play under Bob Templeton, Alex, Alan Jones, uh, Jeff Mould was the coach of the Australian schoolboys. These guys all coach to the same traditional lines, that, yeah, the lines of good forwards, good backs, great outside centres, inside centres, strong wingers, we had a way of playing rugby. We don't have that anymore. Um, it's not, it's, and, Andrew, Andrew it's, not, it's, not, it's not a bad shout. I, I've got Dan on the line now. We'll put it to him, plus uh, plenty of questions. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Phil. Those holding on the line, we'll get to you shortly. 13, 13, 55. Uh, 67 tests for Australia, a World Cup, letters lows, and two tries against the British and Irish Lions to seal our first ever series win against them. But this may be the block-busting and hard-defending centre's biggest ta- biggest test yet. Sunday night, he was thrust in as the top dog of Australian rugby. I've got him on the line now. Daniel Herbert. Herbie, very, very good morning to you. Is your head still spinning? G'day, Ben. Uh, yeah, look, the, the events of the past couple of days, I mean, are uh, certainly not something I want to go through Again, in any hurry, um, and certainly didn't didn't think on uh, Friday, Saturday, or even Sunday that that things would end up the way they ended up. But uh, look, it's a it's a great honour to to be given the opportunity to serve in this capacity, and I'll certainly give it uh, give it my utmost. Well, mate, there's one thing definitely you are is passionate, and we've had some passionate callers already th- this morning about this, and we'll get into those very shortly. But change is not easy. Uh, uh, are you prepared for? Are you prepared for war? Uh, look, I don't think we want war. I think the. I don't think we're going to get uh, the outcomes that we need through war. I think we actually just need to get people in a room and agree on the way forward and the, the solutions that we need. Because uh, you know, it, I don't think a war. I don't think a civil war really. You know, people can say it can bring it to a head, but I don't think a civil war is in the game's best interests. And you know, we we've been through a fair bit. And this game, I've been around it for 45 years. It has a tendency to eat itself and uh, between the you know the community stream into the uh, into the super rugby clubs and uh, and onto RA and I've, I've played a part in all three of those um, areas mm. and they tend to uh, you know they tend to eat themselves at, at times and I think there's a time culturally where the game just needs to get behind itself and, and back itself and uh, you know it's our job to, to lay out the plans of how to do that. But uh, you know, I don't think I don't think we're going to get anywhere through having a civil war. Well, that and that's good. That that's that's obviously the game plan. Do do you think that mm. is going to happen though with those who are in power of the different states now, or are you confident that you can get through this um, peacefully? Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it won't be peaceful. I mean, you said change is difficult, and it is. 
and it won't be peaceful and not everyone will be happy about it. And even the, I mean, and I'll just focus for a moment on the, I guess, the high performance stream of the game because that's that's one thing that I said when I was asked to consider going on the board was, you know, what do you think some of the problems are? And I said, well, that that isn't, you know, that isn't modern, you know, that whole high performance area. The way that we're structured under a federated model, I mean, I heard one of your callers talking about pathways. Well, you know, that those pathways are a state union. Um, you know, we get back to a federated model. That's a state union obligation and responsibility. That's not a not a national union. So, you know, where you want that to change, that we though, we need to. Well, we it needs to be integrated. Yeah. You know, at the moment, it's all you know, it's all kind of you do that and you do that. And it's a bit like when we went through COVID, where the prime minister would come out and say we're going to do this, and then the, the state premiers come out and say no, we're not. We're going to do this, and it's a bit like that. Um, you know, our politics reflects our sporting landscape, and it doesn't work in a high-performance area. So that's something we need to address, and, and other countries have, have managed to get agreement and do that. Yeah. So, you know, New Zealand did it after they got bundled out of the 2007 uh, World Cup, and Ireland did it back in around 2012-13. So it can be done, and they're, they're both different. I think Scotland's done it as well. Many countries and more are doing it now So after the World Cup. So it's now seen as, as, as best practice. Um, it's not a cut and paste. Everyone looks a little bit different. But, you know, we've got to get, you know, we've got to get attention on that. And, uh, you know, the, the states are all doing their own pathways and uh, they've got their own super rugby clubs. And then we have a, a Wallaby coach and a team who come together and assemble and they've got sort of very little oversight of what's happened during the year. And that's, uh, you know, that's got to change. Well, that's something that has been on the cards since August, that the, the high-performance centralisation. How far down the track is the ARU or, or Rugby Australia with uh, finding a high-performance director? Uh, the, the process has been going for a couple of months now. We mm. knew that it was going to be difficult during the World Cup because a number of the a number of the potential candidates would be at the World Cup and they've got to be focused on that. And also out of the World Cup, um, potential new candidates emerge. So... Yeah, you know, we're we're some way down the road, um, but you know, still a little bit of time to go yet. A former player, is that a necessity? Oh, I go into it. I, I don't think so. No, I think it's got to be someone who understands what we need to do. And um, you know, it's uh, I don't think it. I don't think it needs to be a former player. I don't think it needs to be a former coach. I just think it needs to be someone who understands high performance and you know, working in a more integrated uh, model. How that looks. Uh, Andrew raised the issue of identity. Herbie, does it high performance uh, manager, the high performance director, do they have to be Australian? Well, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I mean, I, you know, this is one of those sort of things that, that people uh, people have different viewpoints on. And, and mm. you know, the, it's right. Every World Cup so far, every men's World Cup, has been won by a team who's had a, a coach um, from their country. So, I mean, there's some merit in it. I think if... I think all things equal, then, you know, that might be the thing that, that tips it over the line. But if it's not equal, then I think you've got to consider, you know, what you know, what is the best. And we've had New Zealand coaches, we've had Australian coaches, and the results the results of the New Zealand coaches are no worse than the, the Australian coaches generally. I mean, I think Robbie Deans has still got one of the higher percentages after Rob McQueen. So I don't, personally, I don't think it matters, but, um, you know, but that's just my view. Herbie, I, I love seeing you at Yoku Road yesterday at, at Jeeps, uh, and it was just across the oval from where you went to school. That, that's been one of the, the big issues, and I, I guess it was one thing that Phil brought up about how, how do you keep it? How do you keep a sixteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old Dan Herbert now in in the game of rugby? 
rather than going to rugby league or AFL or, or just keep them playing after after they they turn 18? Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge because it's competitive and our competitors have, uh, you know, have, have more money than us and they can spend more of that space. So we've got to be more targeted and uh, and make sure that we get most of the decisions right. And, you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, because it's competitive and... I think the thing that rugby has is a very good value proposition around the game and what it, you know, what opportunities it presents. You'd, it's got the international side to the game that, um, you know, that our two main competitors don't. Um, you get to travel a lot, so I think there's a good, I think there's a good value proposition, and uh, mm. you know, with the World Cups and Lions and the things that uh, the competitions that rugby has, I think that's very appealing. Um, but uh, you know, it, there's no shying away. It's a competitive landscape, and we've got two very strong competitors in contact sport. I think we're the only market in the world that has has those three in competition sport or contact sports competing. So it's uh, it's a it's a big challenge, and uh, we've just got to be at the coalface. We've got to be more present in schools and clubs, um, and that's you know that's actually driving a strategy through the um, the unions, the member unions, to make sure that they deliver on it. And at the moment, that's you know, I would, I would say that I think it's all a bit fragmented with everyone does their own version of that. Whereas if we can if we can have one version and we all deliver it locally, then I think that would be better. Uh, Herbie, it's 9.32. I, I do have to go to the news. Are you able to hang around for the next couple of minutes? Because there's a bigger conversation to be had here around, around that and a few other things. If, if it's okay to keep you on the line, just for two minutes while we get a news hit from Vanessa. Yeah, sure. And 9.34, Tuesday morning, 22 and a half degrees. We are doing it today, all thanks to Mac as proud sponsors of the Little Legends supporting grassroots sport in Queensland. It was part of our chat with Daniel Herbert, the new chairman of Australian Rugby, who was kind enough to hold on through the news. Uh, Herbie, grassroots, yes, important, but you, you just mentioned about selling selling the dream of, of international uh, football, which is something I know lured well, Wendell and Matt Rogers and the likes across, but that, that that was 20 years ago. Is it still the sell that you can do that with the Lions Tour coming in World Cups and playing internationally? Is it more about selling – well, is it more about money rather than selling a dream? Oh, well, it depends on who the, who the person is and what their motivation is. And, you know, it's ultimately it's up to the participant what game they want to play. We think we've got a really strong value proposition. And, uh, you know, it's not all about money. I mean, if I get back to – my own career, and I know that's a long time ago, but uh, it wasn't all about money. I sort of made you know, more money doing different things than you know what I ended up doing. It became about what I wanted to achieve in the game, and uh, and you know I I managed my manager to make sure that you know he followed the direction to put me in the positions that I wanted to be and in the places that I wanted to be. And uh, so look, I you know I think it, it comes down to the individual. If the individual is motivated by money then, yeah, they're going to go to France or they're going to go to Japan or they might go to another sport um, because, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say we've got the coffers that some of the others have because we don't. Um, so we're not going to make it purely about money. A value proposition won't be purely about money, but we still think there's some pretty good um, there's some pretty good coin that you can earn being a professional rugby player and, uh, and there's a lot of other benefits as well. I've got an armful of more questions to ask you, but, again, it all does boil down to money. Where are you going to get it from? Because I know private equity was on, on the table this year, or at least that was a, mm. a a path that RA was following. That's not there now. Where do you get the money? How do you build those coffers? 
Well, I'd, look, where what I would say is I think the... Uh, I don't think it's all about money. I do. I think you've got to be fiscally responsible, but I think you've got to get the high-performance aspect, and particularly the Wallabies at the moment. They're the commercial vehicle that most of the money that supports the rest of the game. Uh, that's That's got to be firing. So we've got to get that, and that's part of that centralisation discussion. Does, um, does that not winning. does that not require money to I mean every, everything costs right well everything costs but there's there's enough there at the moment I mean I'm you know I don't think you need to gold plate high performance I, you know there's far more important things you need resources mm. but you don't need to gold plate it you know no one no one won championships out of having a brand new gym you know it's just not it's just not what high performance is about it's about people aligned going in the same direction and you know having having really good coaching and support around that and that's the biggest aspect and I don't think that takes you know a huge amount of, of outside investment to do that but of course money you know money helps the private uh, the private equity's been put on ice we're exploring a debt option now to get us to the lions and then we've got two big capital events coming that will inject a lot of money into the game and we want to make sure that that money that comes into the game can sustain the game and we can get on a, a footing where it doesn't go through this constant cycle of a bang or bust and you know we've got to get a much more uh, solid footing there that you know we we have everyone living within their means but they're doing it you know in a um in a high performing environment that doesn't have to be gold plated the next two questions may be counterintuitive of each other but do we have too many super rugby teams for the talent pool oh, i don't think so i don't think short you know i don't think there's a shortage of talent i think there's a shortage of developing the talent so, you know, and, and I've spoken to, you know, high performance directors in other parts of the world and they're envious of the, the talent base that we've got and the athletic makeup of our players. We're just not maximising that. So I think we, you know, I mentioned yesterday that we need to develop people, not just, you know, not just get them and think they're going to be the finished product. We've actually got to put the time and effort. And that, you know, that is from, you know, how do you align, how do you align the academies and, you know, what's happening through the Super Rugby Clubs once they get the players playing games. You know, I, I get worried that sometimes people sit in academies and aren't playing games. They've got to, you know, and that's something that talking to someone in French rugby when, you know, they've enjoyed a bit of a renaissance lately and one of the things that they did was, you know, they had all their players sitting in, a, in an academy up in Marcoussi and yeah. he just said, I just got them back to their clubs playing and I just needed them to play. And you get better by playing. The biggest, one of the biggest problems is in Australia, you don't play enough games. So... I think it was uh, Dave Renning was talking about Richie Moanga versus Noel Alessio at that point in time a couple of years ago, saying that Richie Moanga had played five times the amount of high-class football that uh, that uh, Noah had done at the same age. So well, that, there's a there's a, there's a bit of a gap there. Well, that that was going to be my next question. Then how do we do that? How do we get players playing more games? Is it going back to club land, or is it creating another level of uh, competition below Super Well, we've done. Yeah, look, we've done the other level with I think the ARC and the NRC, yeah. and uh, and it really divides opinion. Some people think it was it was fantastic. Other people think it was you know it was a waste of time. It doesn't have the tribalism that has existed in the club network mm. for you know, in, you know in some instances well over a hundred years. So I think if there's a way we can leverage that tribalism to create uh, you know another product or a slightly enhanced product, then I think that you know that comes with inherent. Uh, an inherent following and, and tribalism. You would have loved going back to play Je- at Jeeps, I'm sure, in your uh, day. I did. Yeah. I did. I did. It was, uh, you know, it was great. I don't think there was a bigger exponent club rugby at the time than Todd Kessler used to used to love going back and, and playing. And, you know, 
quite often we would get, and you wouldn't get that in uh, too often these days. But you know, back in the you know the eighties, the Tony Shaw and uh, Mark Lane days, they'd play a test match on the Saturday and go and play for the club on a Sunday. Now yeah. the high performance experts would actually pull their hair out if we try to do that. But, um, <laughs> can you cha- can you, you change know, that, but, Dan? Can we can we see Wallabies playing club rugby? Well, I think certainly after the certainly after the Super Rugby season. I mean, that's when you know at the moment. We've got super rugby players who aren't involved in Wallabies and Australia A. You know they should be. They should be absolutely all of them. Um, and uh, and if they're not, then you know we need to look at the competition. You know if there's not enough opportunities there, but they've got to be playing more. You know they're paid 12 months a year, so we've got to get got to get them playing more because that's how they'll actually improve. Mate, well said. You've been very generous with your time too this morning. I know it's a, a big task ahead of you, but uh, that has never stopped you in, in the past. We appreciate your time and we wish you well on your journey. Thanks very much, Ben. Uh, there we go. Daniel Herbert, uh, new boss, the chairman of Australian Rugby. I, I do know that Herbie has said that boards govern, the executive run the game. So as much as we just heard from him then and spoke to him then, he was very open about it. I hope we don't hear too much from Dan Herbert. I hope that he is working behind the scenes to make the things uh, in place to make rugby strong again. Because we do live in a unique market where rugby league, rugby union, NAFL, high contact sports can all coexist. We just need to get the right parts in play. 13 13 55 I know you wanted a big say on this. We'll get to that very shortly. Uh, cricket coming up next because see outside of coups. It is all about cups. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. It's coming, it's coming home. Slam and Sam. Cool. Yeah, the World Cup is coming home. Home to Australia, six-time champion. That, that's a football song. Surely you could have found a cricket one. That Holy Grail or something. What does cricket need a new song? Uh, 13, 13, 55. Time to talk cricket. Now, was it the... Actually, this text from... Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Uh, Jamie saying, Australia's win at the World Cup was the biggest underdog win this country's seen since Jeff Horn and Manny Pacquiao. It's a fair shout, isn't it? Has there been one bigger? Australia v India. In India against, well, let's call it a billion people of course that's what they're up against uh darren berry was all part of sen's call team staying up through the night calling all the action i've got him on the line now hopefully he's had a good sleep but darren very good morning to you uh is that the biggest underdog win we've seen in this country for some time pretty impressive benny to be honest with you uh, i was thinking Stephen bradbury like they all fell over well the indians all <laughs> fell over and Stephen was last man standing that's what we did with travis head uh, a magnificent 100 in the final. So it was a fantastic win, I must admit. I, I was hoping we could scrape in, but we actually bolted in. So I reckon the story is good, but I think India will be pretty disappointed with their showing. Yeah, they will be. But, I mean, Travis Heads, even Manus digging in, Pat Cummins winning the toss and electing to bowl, but then he stood up and took off. I mean, what's... Where does this team rate? Where does Pat Cummins now rate as captaincy in your mind? 
Yep. Well, that, I think that was his crowning moment without doubt. He's had mm. his critics, and I tell you what, Benny, throughout the Ashes, I was one of them because I didn't, and I'll stand by what I said in the Ashes, that the tactics uh, confused me and confused many other cricket people. So I was worried about him in the Ashes because I thought it was actually a burden on his own game, and that was where I was coming from to say, I mean, I, Pat Cummins is a, be- a great person and a wonderful cricketer. I thought it, it weighed him down in the Ashes, and I thought we were poor. Forget the result, I'm just saying what I witnessed. But I thought in the World Cup he was sensational and he saved his best personal game to last. And calling the other night on SEN, I thought he was significant. Obviously, man of the match was Travis Head. But Pat Cummins, uh, a big tick. And you can only look at the results. And since he's been captain, they've got the results. Test Championship, World Cup, uh, retained the ashes, albeit dubiously. But I'm saying... Uh, I'm happy to say that I got it wrong and my opinions are relevant to it, but Pat Cummins, sensational. No, well, Chuck, I reckon straight up there you could represent the majority of Australia. I may be wrong in saying that, but so many have had issues with Pat Cummins for whatever reason. Yep. And now I think we're, and quite happily, I'm asking for a second spoonful of humble pie because what he's done, uh, he's joined the likes of what, Border, Ponting, War, Clark, and and I think he sits above Michael Clark as far as captaincy, probably not, well, he's under AB and Ponting for me. It's just where he sits in that list. I I think he is is fast becoming one of the great captains, considering he's a bowler as well. Yep, and all those things you've said, look, there was was apprehension, and I just called as I said, the, t- the Justin Langer removal, I think Pat Cummins wore a little bit of that responsibility, no doubt. So mm. the public were perhaps anti. Uh, I think the Ashes, and I'll stand by that, I thought he was poor in the Ashes as a captain, all right? But they still retained them. They won the Test Championship, yeah. and now they're World Cup champions. I think, and, and you know what you can do as a captain? You can improve. You can get better. You can learn from your mistakes. And he has definitely done that. So I have, I'm happy to eat my humble pie. And I, I tweeted that the other night after the game to say, well, and I won't say I was wrong on my Ashes assessment. I was wrong on his tenure because I thought, you know what, after the Ashes, he might just say, I don't need this captaincy. Let someone else do it. That's where I was coming from. It might have yeah. been a little misconstrued. To his credit and the Australian hierarchy, they said, no, no, Pat Cummins is our man. And he's just guided Australia to um, to the World Championship. So, well done. Uh, don't worry, you know, humble pie. And mm. I think he's probably turned around, not not my opinion, but a, a lot of the Australian public's opinion. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Do you sit in that boat? And is it comfortable for you? Uh, before I let you go, Matt, I know you're plugged in. Uh, any intel from the, the, the winning team over there? Any party stories? Anything that you've seen, heard coming out of uh, I didn't get... I didn't get much sleep the other night after no. the game, uh, obviously going through the night, but I reckon I got a little bit more sleep than most of the players. <laughs> that was a huge achievement. In India, 120,000, yeah. Indian conditions, they were unbeaten. Can't sing Australia's praises enough. And you know what? All the decisions to keep Travis Head in the squad, yeah. what a brave move, well done. To stick with Marnus, you know, Brisbane boy, Marnus was, wasn't even in the 18, and he was always out of so He played... He played a really good role in the final to get us over the line. So it was a bit of insurance. If Steve Smith gets out, Marnus is almost like a carbon copy. And then they still had Maxwell and Inglis in the shed. So credit to the Australian hierarchy, the decisions they've made. We have to applaud. Cummins bowled first. You know, I wasn't the only one. I'm sure many people thought, wow, why would <laughs> exactly. you do that? Well, yeah. 
Everything he touched on the night turned to gold. And you said in the introduction, six times we've won the World Cup. That is an extraordinary feat because other sides, I think the, I think the closest to us is two. West Indies and Pakistan have won two. We've won six. Exactly. And this ranks for me right up there, right up there, Benny, because 99 was huge. But I think this win in India is, is equally right up there. Chucks, thank you, mate. Well done on the call, too. We'll be hearing you throughout the summer. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. She got Betty Davis eyes. And she teased you. Uh, four, four minutes past ten. Thanks for your company. Uh, I'm looking uh, with uh, Slam and Sam. What? Betty Davis eyes. What are we doing That's there? Kim Khan's smash hit, Benny Davis eyes. What? <laughs> no, Betty Davis eyes. Not, you idiot. I'm not sure about the legitimacy of this story, but Braden said before that when, um, when Darren Berry got off the phone, he said that Benny Davis eyes, or Betty Davis eyes, sorry, would be a, a good song for the Australian cricket team to play instead of the World Cup is coming home. Um, and I say I'm not sure about the legitimacy because this morning Braden Heselhurst walked into the building singing that song. There we go. So nothing like being stitched up by uh, your workmates, is there? Um, thank you, Chuck, for that Betty Davis. Uh, 13, 13, 55. Let's get the ship back on course, shall we? Uh, and 0467 736 736. Uh, coups and Cups. World Cup wins and coups in Australian rugby. We've had Dan Herbert already on the program this morning, the new boss of Australian rugby. If you missed that chap, wow, it was an absolute ripper. Where does he even start? And that's the question I'm asking you today. Where would you start? If you're in charge of Australian rugby, I had a chat to uh, SENZ across the ditch this morning before I came on the show. That was the question they were asking. Uh, they said, no, it's not a dumpster fire, Australian rugby. We think it's a burning eucalypt in the middle of a bushfire. Uh, quite a stark analogy from our friends across the ditch, but uh, are they right? Let's have a look here on the text line. Uh, first thing Lee has said is we need a coach who can pick the players he wants, get the Wallaby product worth sponsoring, the rugby brand at the moment stinks. Lee, thank you for that. Uh, Winston, uh, I think it's now the perfect time for a Rugby Australia to bite the bullet and get the game from out behind a paywall. Financially, they might take a short-term hit, but it'll be better off in the long run. Dan said the competitors are stronger and richer, so rugby needs to give kids something to aspire to. The best way to do that is be more present and get more eyes on the sport. It's right. I mean, parked behind a paywall stand. I mean, we used to be on Foxtel, but now it's another paywall which we have to dig deep into our pockets. You just don't see it anymore. The A-League's the same. Has Winston got a point? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736. Uh, Matt Rogers standing by before we get to him. This one is from Matt. He says, Ben, just two comments. Rugby. Completely disagree that the International Football Code of Australia is the Wallabies. Rugby hasn't been relevant since 2003. Football, the Socceroos and recently the Matildas, are the code that's been active in gaining support in the middle of the night during big events, not rugby. Matt, thank you for your thoughts. Pat Cummins, he goes on to say, here's his second point. Pat Cummins has certainly proved many wrong and he's a very good captain and leader, but the last three tests of the Ashes have left, have left a bad taste for most. 
We should have won them, not retained them. Still has a long way to go to match Taylor, War and Ponting. Well, Steve War was the last captain to bring an Ashes home from the UK. 2001, we, we've retained them, but we haven't won them in that part of the world. Something we had a chance to do. For me, um, well, Mark Taylor didn't win a World Cup for Australia. Uh, War did, Ponting did, Border did, Clark did. I think Cummins sits above Michael Clark in that order of hierarchy. Not, not yet at the echelons of Ponting and AB. But where else does he sit? 13, 13, 55, 04, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Uh, one thing we were just talking about during the news is what, what, what do we watch now at night time? This year we have been blessed. We've been overloaded, if you like, on, on World Cups. Any sport, you pick it. And the time zones have made it friendly for prime time here. But even during the Ashes, uh, World Test Championships, I, I know we've got the Big Bash and the WBBL on at the moment and the heat play tonight, uh, weather permitting at Allen Border Field up against the Sixers. Make sure you grab your tickets. You can do that at Ticketek today. Get your Brisbane Heat tickets online. But where do we go to now? What's something we can watch? Because now it's kind of barren, isn't it? At night time in front of the telly. Any suggestions? Send them through. 13 13 55 0467 736 Actually, one thing, one thing I did watch on Netflix, and I know <laughs> the rat's standing by. He's probably bored by this. But I watched the Kelsey documentary, Jason and Travis Kelsey on Netflix. It was an absolute ripper. It was so good. I had no idea who Travis and Jason Kelsey were before that. I mean, no one's dating Taylor Swift. In fact, the brothers play today in the NFL, but they were the first brothers to play in a Super Bowl. It's a ripping documentary, 13, 13, 55. You got any more suggestions for us? Uh, Matt Rogers is on the line. Yes, Wallaby, he's got some thoughts on rugby, no doubt. Any thoughts on what to watch now that the cricket's finished? Morning to you. <laughs> Hey, mate. Well, I, I am a massive NFL fan, and I did watch Kelsey, the documentary. I thought it was great. How yeah, good I watched the, uh, the documentary Quarterback, which was great. Um, and I watch a lot of NFL this time of year. So, uh, And I, I'm often busy this time of day. So uh, the, 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 the Monday night game, which is played at, I think, about quarter past 11 today yeah. in Queensland, I'll, uh, I'll tune into that tonight when I get home. So um, I don't look at my social media. I don't want to know the scores. And all my mates know this, so they don't let me know. So I can uh, I can watch it at night. So that's that's where I'm at with my sporting uh, fix this time of year, mate. After now that the World, Cricket World Cup's finished, but what a great effort by the Aussies over there! It was fantastic. Well, exactly. And my my point uh, today has been always that that. Our cricket team is our national sporting team. It, it represents us. You, you can be in, in, in the Pilbara or you can be in Penrith. You, you can be in wherever in this country. And our cricketers are known and recognised. You can spot them. Footballing terms, I, I think the Wallabies, rugby, are, is our truly international code. And Matt was arguing before on the text about, well, hang on, the Socceroos and Matildas. But I, I think for players that we can touch and see, it, 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 it used to be. The Wallabies uh, on the international yeah, yeah. stage, yeah. But we need to get that luster. Yeah. That luster's gone now, Matt. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's no doubt that it was. Uh, you know, the, the, the Wallabies were Australia's winter team, and yeah. and our cricketers were Australia's summer team, and that that's the way it was. But it's it's been far it's far from that at the moment. Um, you know, I love. Uh, I mean, I think Matilda's is Australia's team at the moment. Matilda's are the darlings of Australian sport, and everybody loves them, and it's fantastic. And you know, my daughters are young aspiring soccer players, so I uh, I absolutely love it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
they are a little bit removed from Australia in a, in a week-to-week basis. So, and back in the day, the Wallabies had to play in Australia to play for the Wallabies. So, you know, they were local, they were here, everybody sort of recognised them. But as you mentioned, or as I heard you say, or one of your listeners text in saying, you know, you've got to get rugby out from behind a paywall. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, is a free-to-air station going to play it? <laughs> that's, that's the other thing. I mean, um, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, I'm not the guy in there pulling the strings with Rugby Australia. It's Dan Herbert's job now and mm. Bill War's job. Um, and, you know, they've got a lot of smart people around them to help them make the right decisions. Let's just hope that they do because um, I think we're on the... We're a real crossroads. The game is at a crossroads right now. And if we don't start to entice, you know, our next generation of, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old kids into watching and aspiring to be a Wallaby, um, in 20 years' time, there will be no rugby in Australia. It'll, it'll be a, a Soccer Australia model where, you know, our players will go overseas and play and come back and play for the Wallabies when called upon. And that'll be a really sad indictment on rugby in Australia. Well, Matt, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. I mean, we've got the, the Giddo law, the Giddo rule about players playing X amount of tests and then going overseas. That's been relaxed a little bit. We've seen more and more come back to get the Wallabies back in the shop front window, which has been kicked in and kind of looted at the moment. Do we, do we just need to be picking the best players for Australia, regardless of where they're playing overseas. And I know that's detrimental to the local domestic comp, but is that something we need to do if the Wallabies are our showcase? Well, I think first and foremost, you've got to sort out the local domestic comp. Um, you know, right now, we've spread our talent so thin. that The reality is this. Um, you, you can't go and play in Europe unless you've played Super Rugby. Like, you can't get a visa. It's like you can't go and play in the Super League unless you've played in the NRL. They won't just hand visas out and, and take jobs away from locals in that environment if, if you don't play at a certain level. But what we've done in Australia, we've created a departure lounge. We've, we've created five super rugby teams, all of which are subpar because we've spread our talent so thin. And then all, and then we give, then all these players that play super rugby, then they've got an opportunity to go overseas. Now we've created an opportunity for you know, players who go overseas, when they probably weren't up to it, they probably wouldn't have made it if there was only three teams. But then it creates an opportunity where, you know, players are going overseas because now the Giddo rule, we're picking players from overseas. So mm. it's like, well, we'll go overseas anyway because we're going to get picked to come back and play for Australia. So we're, we've created this vicious cycle of we're depleting our local stocks, letting them go overseas. So we've created this departure lounge where, you know, players can, they get a few starts in Super Rugby, they can go overseas. There's no real competition at the at the local level for those spots in terms of, you know, world class rugby. And you know, we don't have five world class rugby teams. We don't have five world class fly house. We we barely have one world class fly house. We barely have one world class fullback. You know, that that's where we're at. And we've spread our talent so thin on the ground here in Australia that that week in week out competition in training, that week in week out competition during the on, on the weekend in, in games, it's not good enough. And now you put that up, up up on a world stage and we just get slaughtered. We, we saw that. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, the, the local game's got to be sorted out. Um, you know, we've got to have, you know, pathways for kids to, to aspire to, to, to play for. But I, I think that starts with, you know, minimising the professional teams in Australia. I, I just think there's too many. I'm, uh, on, I'm on the same page with you, Matt. Yeah. 
I'm on the same page, and it's something I put to your former teammate, Dan Herbert, and said, you know, have we got too many super rugby t- teams here? Do, do we need to pull it back? And, and he actually, his reply was, no, we, we just need to make sure that the central, the high-performance model has them all aligned. And he even said that those overseas are actually jealous of how much talent that we do have. So that that was his response. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still in the camp with you, mate, I think we need to fortify, solidify, bring our strengths back to, to, to shore up, say, three strong teams so we can be competitive. You, Queensland, you, New South Wales, and your, and your ACTs. Yeah, well, well whatever it is, uh, you know, I might be wrong. We, we might be wrong, Benny. Um, you know, Dan might be right, and Dan's around the game a lot more than I am. Um, but whatever it is, what he says is right. We need alignment with that not not every man for himself doing their own thing and then you know a couple of players get plucked from you know the western force or from the melbourne rebels to play for you know the wallabies but um you know jeremy paul made a really good point he goes it stems back down to the coaching and you know there's a whole lot he goes now when when you're a kid he goes from the age of 13 to 18 you know as a hooker he's probably been coached by 13 or 14 different coaches and each one of them teaches him how to throw the ball into a line out differently and so mm. that, that's how you know I mean, our game needs to be aligned in the sense that the fundamentals of the game need to be coached the one way um, and the right way, you know, from top to bottom, from, you know, from age, you know, five years old up to, you know, the professional ranks, so that when we get to a point, uh, you know, the, the basis of the game is that the fundamentals of the game are all, you know, lined up. Then the flair comes in. Then the, the you know, the, the different nuances of gameplay comes in. But the fundamentals need to be taught correctly from day one. And that comes down to coaching the coaches. It comes down to all sorts of things. But so there's a lot to do. And, and Dan, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm wrapped with his appointment. Um, I played with Dan, great guy. You know, he's a, he's a, it's a rugby family. Anthony works in rugby. Or he, he runs a GPS rugby club in Brisbane or has done. But they're, at, they're at the coalface of the game. He's been on the board for a couple of years. Uh, I'm excited about where... Uh, the game could go under his guidance over the next couple of years, his answer award. Matt Rogers, my guest this morning, as you know, a voice of Sports Day um, and obviously former Wallaby and, and, and Rugby League, dual international, so he knows both sides of the fence. Brad, I'm, I'm just looking at a text that's come through here saying, G'day, Ben, listening via the SEN app from New Zealand. A lot of things you guys are talking about, we have the same issues here. The biggest draw card we have is our guys want to play for our country. It seems like the Aussie boys don't really have a desire to play for the Wallabies. If they're willing to play NRL or AFL purely for the money, are they worth having in your system? How will Herbie get the pride back in the jersey? It's a fair point. Well, that, that, it is a very good point. And it, it just it drove me insane the way Wall- the Wallaby jersey has been banged around over the last 12 months. Um, you know, the amount of players that just got to put on a Wallaby jersey... Oh, we'll give him a go. It's, just, it's sacred. I, I remember I got... I played against Russia, I think it was, for the Kangaroos. Um, it was a nothing game. We were going to beat them by 100. And Chris Anderson at the time, the coach, said to me, hey, guys, do you want to play this week? I said, yeah, of course I do. And he goes, good, because I'm not handing these jerseys out for you know, for anyone. He goes, this is, a, this is a test jersey, and you're our test winger, and I want you to play. And I'm like, great, yeah, I'm, I'm good to play. He goes, not. this isn't something that anybody, just every player gets a prize. Yeah. And it uh, seems like our Wallabies have... have, 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 have I don't want to... 
like, I don't want to say that has been treated this way, but it seems like it's been treated like a club jersey. Um, and, you know, we're just trying to find the right guys. We're just throwing them in there to give them a go. And this is a Wallaby jersey, you know. And, yeah, it, it was disappointing what, what I saw. Um, I was, look, I'm, I'll be the first one to say I was buoyed by the selection of Eddie Jones as a coach um, in, in, the, in the beginning. Uh, I supported him through a couple of those early decisions. And then it was just like, Eddie, what are you doing? Like, come on, this is this is too too important to to be doing this. Uh, and you know, I think a lot of people have lost a lot of respect for Eddie the way that things have been handled. But look, I, I'm I don't know both sides of the fence. What I know is I saw saw the results. It was disappointing, mm-hmm. and I felt like that that Wallaby jersey wasn't treated with the respect it should have been. Well, we know one thing, it's not going to be a quick fix, but it does need to start now. It needs to start somewhere. Uh, High performance director is the first port of call. I mean, that's even before a coach because the coach we know will be reporting to the high performance director. Where do you you go with that, Rat? Does it need to be an Australian? Does it need to be a former player? Does it anyone that springs to mind for you? Gee, I mean, you want someone who's been around the international game, who's seen it grow, who's seen, who understands the nuances of it. Um, I would think someone like a Steve Hansen, someone like a, um, I don't know, I really don't know, <laughs> but Steve Hansen does come to mind. Mm. Uh, you know, just a, a, an astute coach, understands the game. I know he's a Kiwi, but um, this is about. Um, you know, getting the right person for the job, and I just can't think of an Australian right now off the top of my head. There probably there, there are probably many, to be honest. Um, but they need to be in touch with the modern game, given that this coach is going to be, you know, speaking uh, or directly um, answerable to yeah. the head of high performance. So, yeah, look, unsure, but um, no one really comes to mind off the top of my head. Mate, you've got a big day coming up on Saturday as well, just quietly, turning our attention to uh, off-field activities. Uh, what's happening on the Gold Coast at the Turf Club? We've got the All-Stars Race Day. It's a beauty. We, I, went there last, I went last year. and um, You'd be the headline act, wouldn't you? Well, well, I wasn't last year. I just went along because I wanted to go because it seemed like <laughs> a great day and I took a few mates along. We bought a table and um, there was Buff Lehman, I think Jonathan Thurston, uh, Casey Stoner. Oh, just a real, a fantastic awesome. day at the races. Um, you know, a few beers and, and a few yarns from from the boys. So, um, anyway, they they called me to come and sit on the table for that this week and um, and have a chat and tell a few yarns. So um, there's plenty of those up the sleeve. So we'll tell a few stories, have a few laughs, and uh, hopefully back a few winners. Yeah, alongside Jonathan Thurston, Alan Langer too, if you don't mind. What about the stories he can tell? You'd have to have a pact with Alfie just quietly on that. Uh, Linny's yeah. going to be there. Lockie Neal. Laurie Daly, Josh Dunkley, it's going to be a who's who. Uh, Matty Rogers, Julian International headlining it too. Uh, you visit GCTC, the goldcoastturfclub.com.au for tickets. The sporting legends at the Forex All-Stars race day this Saturday at the Gold Coast Turf Club. Uh, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. You'd be getting there 10 p.m. Friday night, wouldn't you, Matty? I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Off season. Off season. Oh, off season, <laughs> indeed. All right, mate. Thank you for the chat. Um, plenty to work with there. Matt Rogers, appreciate your time. Enjoy Saturday at the Sporting Legends Race Day. Look, 13 13 55 736 I'm leaning towards Rat's appraisal of where our talent is in this country. I, I think it's diluted with five super rugby teams, three 
to me is the Goldilocks number, isn't it? It means, in my books, no Perth, no Melbourne. So expansion, roll it back. I I don't think there's any harm in rugby saying, look, we're just going to solidify and fortify our position. Commercially, they may take a hit, maybe, or is it costing money? to have teams in Perth and Melbourne that are unsustainable. We know Rugby Australia do not put money into Super Rugby. That is something that's been taken away from the teams and and the, the provinces, the, the unions. At great expense to them, they've got to find out that money. So do we cut back the number of teams, Super Rugby teams in this country? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Is that where we start? Take your calls, your texts straight after this 23 minutes past 10. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. I mean, another great field this week. Um, you know, Scotty's back, Leash is back. Um, it'd, be, it'd be nice to see a few more Aussies down here. But, um, yeah, it's a great field and um, hopefully the fans love it. Can we talk about the Broncos lost, mate? You're a tragic Broncos supporter. Like how, how did you react that night? Um, it was actually uh, quite late. I had to go to a wedding in in San Diego, and um, yes, yeah, so I was out there. And I think the game finished at about 4 a.m. So it took a lot for for me to stay up. But I was I was on the edge of my seat, and um, yeah, the iPad didn't fare too well. That went fly, That went flying across the room, and. Um, yeah, mate, disbelief. It was, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't really know what to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there we go. Ca- Cameron Smith speaking just moments ago at Suncorp Stadium. Cameron Smith at Suncorp? Yes, the golfer, that is, uh, uh, about the Australian PGA, which he is defending uh, this, well, starting this Thursday at Royal Queensland and, of course, uh, one of the Broncos' number one fans at iPad. I reckon he's got enough in the bank to buy a couple of iPads just to uh, recover that, but uh, still feeling the loss. At Suncorp Stadium, what was he doing there? He and Mark Leishman were supposed to be having a mow-off, mowing Suncorp Stadium. Don't know if that went down in the rain. Uh, We'll be speaking to Grant Field, Cameron Smith's coach, coming up very shortly just to see how he has been tracking. We know Liv can be a little bit off the radar, but he's coming in to defend his PGA title. How different a player is he over the last 12 months since we last saw him on our short... Well, actually, no, we saw him in April, didn't we, with the uh, Liv event down in Adelaide. Um, but just how he's tracking in that title defence. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, Nick is on the line via Newcastle. Nick, very good morning to you. Welcome to God's Country. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, Ben. Uh, it's good to be here. Mate, just on Rugby Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mate, I'm not too sure if you're aware that there was a, there's a guy online called Gold Digger who did a... Um, a presentation on the decline of Australian rugby and he interviewed former Wallaby Ben Darwin who's got a business called Game Line Analytics and oh, he's yeah, pretty much good. crunched the numbers. Yeah, yeah, to show that um, the best model for Australian rugby moving forward is three teams. So whilst I you know, I'm with Matt Rogers on that point, but I'm also with him, I think Dan Herbert's an outstanding uh, appointment. But mm. I think they're stuck in a tough situation where um, the money uh, really is uh, in the background is coming from the Western Australian with Andrew Forrest and his former wife or separated wife. Mm. And they're not going to do business with Rugby Australia if there's not a presence at that professional level coming from Perth. So we're stuck in a situation where how do you get rid of the Brumbies, who are our most successful franchise, 
you're never going to get rid of the Waratahs or the Reds because they're the, the traditional markets. But we, we're going to have to keep at least a fourth team because um, that's truly where our, our benefactors are um, in, the, in the forest. So it's, a, Nick, it's an awfully... It, yeah, it, they've got them jammed up. But you know what? They can maybe use it in their favour when it comes to the next TV rights deal. If you do have a team in Perth, we, we know how well that works from a broadcast point of view where you could hit... And I talk about this with Rugby League, don't we? Where you hit New Zealand at 7.30, the east coast of Australia at 7.30, and then Perth at 7.30. You could roll three games back to back to back. It's something broadcasters love. So so maybe the Twiggy Forest money, they can they can uh, use a fourth team in Perth. Just again, what does that product look like if you're diluting the talent? Mate, thank you for the call. Thank you for being part of the show. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. At 10.32, Vanessa standing by with a news hit. Uh, Sam. Cube on Joby. Tuesday morning in 25 minutes. Queensland's biggest sports quiz. One of the answers you will need to be the last man standing is Harley Reid. Harley Reid. Write that down for those playing at home. I'll give you a few more clues or a few more answers before 11 o'clock. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, this text coming through from Rich. He's in Bris Vegas. Rich says, hey, Ben. I'm with Chuck Berry. Tactics during the Ashes were abysmal and not all were on Pat Cummins. Hopefully the World Cup results has shown he's learning and growing into the role. Maybe a better captain than Clark, but a long way short of Taylor, Ponting, Border, War, etc. Rich, thank you. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, Cameron Smith uh, headlining the action. When it comes to the Australian PGA, the Fortinet Australian PGA uh, this weekend at Royal Queensland. I know we need the rain. I know we need a drenching. But, geez, I, I just hope it holds off uh, over the weekend to make sure it is one of the big spectacles, as we have seen it is uh, in this part of the world. Last year's tournament, an absolute ripper. The party hole, they're expecting 3,000 to be cramming that each and every day at Royal Queensland. Adam Scott, we've got a Masters winner. We've got a British Open winner in the field. We've got Mark Leishman and Minwoo Lee, who is uh, uh, on fire as far as uh, Aussies uh, going around the globe. But how has Cam Smith been travelling? Not only with his Broncos losing, but how has he been travelling? And is he much of a different player now that he's had a full season of live under his belt where he hasn't been playing as much? See, I always thought golf was something you just needed to keep doing, that the less you play, the less you improve. I mean, I know he's practicing all the time, but where does he sit? Is How much of a different player is he? Is he any different from where he was last year? Grant Field, his coach, will find out on the other side of this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Yeah, we've got some good young players coming through, and we've got a str- uh, our squad is getting stronger as we as we go. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the past is the past, and that's what I would say to the boys. Uh, 
what we achieved at the World Cup and what we've uh, achieved before is over. It's finished. It's, all, it's a whole new page that we're on and it's about uh, a new journey and getting ourselves ready for this journey. And uh, so, as I said, it's, uh, every game is a new game and we get ready for it. Yeah, there we go. Socceroos coach Graham Arnold speaking ahead of tonight's game against Palestine in Kuwait, a World Cup qualifier that's coming off the back of their 7-0 win over Bangladesh in Melbourne last week. Uh, we know Arnie wasn't happy with that result, said it should have been more. Wasted too many chances in front of goal after winning 7-0. Uh, we will uh, be... Uh, giving you results of that match tomorrow. 13 13 736 The biggest ticket in town this week is for the Australian PGA at Royal Queensland. It all gets underway. Well, it gets underway tomorrow with the Pro-Am at Royal Queensland, but then the competition proper Thursday right through until Sunday. The party hole is in action and we've got the best players from this country in action as well. Adam Scott, Masters champion. Mark Leishman on the Live Tour. Uh, Minwoo Lee, who's been absolutely braining it. And, of course, the headline act, the British Open winner from last year, Cameron Smith. How has the defending champ changed since he was last here in Queensland? Uh, has there been how much work has got into it? Have things been tweaked? Where he's sitting right now on the Live Tour Second, which I was actually surprised to see. I guess Liv is just a little bit off our radar, but let's bring in a man who knows more than most. We are speaking uh, none other than his coach, Grant Field, who's uh, been kind enough to jump on the line. Grant, very good morning to you. Uh, great to see Cam home, isn't it? Yeah, always, mate. Um, it's one of those things, having him home. I think it's, yeah, I mean, he enjoys it, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, I think everybody loves watching him play golf. So, um, yeah, it's good to see him back for a couple of weeks and playing. And then uh, he's getting married at the end of the year. So it should be a good time for him. Oh, I can imagine it would be. Yeah, it wasn't a good time watching the Broncos lose the, the grand final, sadly. We just heard from him before no. about how the iPad went across the room. Yeah. Yeah, no, he wasn't real happy with that one. Um, yeah, he was going to try and make it back and he didn't. And, uh yeah, let's just say I don't think that was, uh, you know, the happiest you'll ever see Cam, that's for sure. Mm. Mate, um, let's talk about him on the on the course. Obviously, we know Live Golf is structured different. It's, it's shorter, high impact uh, and less games or, sorry, less tournaments per year, which was one of the big yep. draw cards. Um, for a novice like me, the, the more I play golf, the better I get. Is it work the same for the, the, the pros or do you, or is the time off actually benefiting Cam? Look, look, they still play, you know, their 14 um, tournaments a year. You know, Cam also plays another four majors and then, you know, he'll play these two at the end of the year plus, you know, another one or two through the year. So he's still not playing that dissimilar schedule. The biggest thing is the three days over four days. Um, it's probably one of the biggest changes for him. So when you sort of look at, you know, the, the 14 events they play, you, you know, you're playing one less day, you know, so which is the equivalent of a couple of weeks you know, per year. So for those guys um, that, you know, play at that level, having the breaks is really important and sort of refreshing the mind and the body. You know, if you look at Tiger over the years, I mean, Tiger only played sort of the bare minimum throughout the years and, and, and competed, you know, and, and won order of merits and all those sort of stuff. So, you know, there's a lot to be said to being sort of fresh and ready to go um, in order to compete well. So I think it works well for Cam. As I said, he's still playing probably 22 weeks a year, which, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot to a lot of people, but when you're preparing for for it, um, you know, there's not a huge amount of time off. 
Does that make your job as a coach easier or, or harder? Um, oh, look, you know, we're at a stage now with, with Kim's Golf that, um, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. So a lot of the stuff is maintenance work, you know. So like this morning um, here at, at Brizzy, you know, we just touched on some of the stuff that we, we always talk about. You know, we know what he does when he's operating his best and it's just a matter of trying to get him into that um, you know, that realm as often as possible. I always sort of look at them like, you know, Formula One cars, right? We're just trying to get them running as, as good as possible. You know, we're not putting in new engines in every week. We're just trying to um, keep that thing running to the best of its ability. And if we do that, then he's going to be pretty close to the top. Where's he sitting on the grid then, if we're going to keep using that Formula One <laughs> parlance <laughs> analogies? Uh, yeah, look, he's going all right. As I said, you know, you said he finished um, second on Live this year and, and sort of led with a couple of tournaments to go and, didn't quite have his best stuff towards the end of the year, but, you know, yeah. still won twice. And when you sort of, like, I mean, you've got the team's championship the end, so you've really only got 13 events. So to win twice, um, you know, he had a second as well. He had you know, a number of top tens. He, you know, in his own admission, you know, he's probably played better this year um, consistently than he felt like he played the year before, even though he won five times and won a major and all that sort of stuff. You know, he believes he's a better player than, and I, and I agree with him that, that he was, you know, sort of this time last year. So... Um, you know, he's consistently getting better and he's getting better because, you know, he's, he's doing the same thing more. Um, he's, you know, getting better at, you know, handling all the other stuff that goes with it as well. So, no, I think, um, you know, there's still a lot of good left with Cam and I think, you know, um, the next few years we're going to still see somebody who, you know, has a desire to, to win a lot and, um, yeah, keep working hard. So it should be good. Uh, Granfield, my guest this morning, the coach of Cameron Smith, who, who right now is at Suncorp Stadium, the home of his, of his beloved Broncos and, and Maroons. And yeah. uh, I believe he's supposed to do a mowing challenge with um, Mark. Yeah, Lynch, yeah, something with him and Leash. They're, yeah. they're mowing a strip or something. And uh, yeah, I don't know exactly where, uh, what they're doing. I know um, they were talking about who was getting what um, what mower and that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, so. I don't know too much about it, but I'm sure it'll be good fun for them. Okay. They well, both love their grass, that's for sure. Okay. You know, well, you let's, see their lawns, they're, uh, yeah. they're right into it. Okay. So yeah, so they're, they're big grass men, are they? Uh, when was the last time yeah. you reckon Cam would have mowed, though, in, in all No, he does it all the time. They, no, they both do their own lawns. Yeah, they both, um, yeah, when they're home, it's something they all, uh, both or both of them take pride in. So, no, they love jumping on the mower and, and doing the work. There's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing better than mowing, I reckon. That freshly cut well, you know, sense of achievement. Yeah, yeah. it definitely takes uh, pride in it, that's for sure. So when he's away, he's got a mate who, um, you know, takes care of it. But definitely when he's home, he uh, he's right into it. How good is Molly? Actually, that, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. you know, you always have a, you know, the um, uh, mechanics and their cars. There's always that thing about, you know, if you're a, if you're a mechanic, you, you, your car's always not breaking down, but you, you don't put as much into it because you're working on them every single day. So that's something that yeah. he, he just loves getting in and, and, and making it making it almost like a putting green at home, does he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he loves, uh, loves taking it, you know, tending to it and, you know, He's uh yeah you know, he's obviously got a little bit of help when he's away because he's travelling yeah. a lot but uh, when he's home and definitely he's uh he's right into it. What's this week look like for him, uh, Grant? Because I, I'd imagine he'd be getting pulled from pillar to post for sponsors <laughs> and and looking after the you know, the PGA and appearances and 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 catching up with family and friends. Yeah, it's yeah it's it's busy. I mean that's you know his world now anyway, but mm. he um. You know, do the thing this morning. We've got the dinner tonight for the uh, awards night and the Greg Norman Medal uh, pro am tomorrow, and then I'm not too sure if he's got anything after that. But that you know might be him. And obviously through the week, you know, he'll do a lot of media.
stuff. But yeah, it's, it's sort of you know, become fairly common for him to have weeks like that now. So he's sort of getting used to it. But these weeks are definitely a little bit more, like you said, when you had trying to see some family and catch up with some people. And, you know, he's um, got a, a uni for his family he hasn't spent a lot of time at. So I think he wants to spend some time there and then, you know, getting ready for his wedding in uh, the end of December. And um, yeah, so he's uh, he's got a bit on, that's for sure. Uh, anyone who's been part of planning a wedding, yeah, you do. Sometimes it's just enough to say yes when you're a groom at a wedding. You just, yes, yes, <laughs> yes that'd, yeah. be, that'd be fantastic. Just turn up and do what you're asked to do, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, we've already done the hard part. We've already, uh, we've asked, we've asked someone to marry us. That's like, right. that's the hardest thing, that's, that's right. the hardest thing we have to do. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Just a quick one, Greg, before I leave you. Geez, we've got mowing, we've got weddings, yeah. we've got everywhere. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Greg Norman medal t- tonight. Who's, uh, yep. who's, who's the likely benefactor there? Um, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I know Cam's obviously up. I think, um, I don't even know who the other nominees are. I'd say Minwoo and maybe Minji would be up there. Um, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but you know, I mean, look, yeah, they've all had decent years. I think, you know, as I said, um, you know, from Cam's point of view, obviously won twice on live and he's, he's, you know, had a couple of, you know, top five and a top 10 in majors and, you know, he's had some other good results. So, uh, yeah, I think he's still got to be one of the favourites, definitely. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see uh, tonight. Well, and that, that's the thing. I mean, sometimes you can just look at rankings and go, well, there you go. Well, that's that, that, that's an easy way to decide it. But you can't do that now with, with Liv being in existence and no rankings. No, points. that's right. Yeah, yeah. so I'd be interested to see how they sort of view Liv on that scale. And yeah. I guess we'll go from there. All right, mate. Well, we'll let you go. What's uh, we hope the weather uh, stays uh, kind uh, for the entire PGA field, uh, but for Cam especially uh, coming into his title defence. Uh, Grant Fields, the coach of Cameron Smith, just peering inside the world of uh, one of our number one golfers. In fact, the number one golfer. I would have thought. I know his world ranking sits at what eighteen now, but you can't even look at that. That's that's not even relevant now that the live golfers uh, do not get ranking points. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Standing by for the quiz. Oh, we'll give you another. Here we go. Where's another answer for the quiz to help you out here? Done that one. Done that one. Uh, you will need this as an answer. Perth Wildcats. Ooh, Perth Wildcats. It's 10.53. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Oh, Slam and Sam getting us in the mood for the NFL. The Kelsey, the Kelsey brothers, Travis and Jason, take on each other. Monday night footy in the States. Cannot wait for that. The Philadelphia Eagles up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, look, our great friends at Apia proudly support bowls in Australia. And all the action was at Club Pine Rivers, Pine Rivers Memorial Bowls Club last week for the Premier League Melbourne Extreme Won the event, beating Tweed's head in the finals pair matchup. Uh, all thanks to Apia. Apia, the go-to insurance for retirees. 13-50-50. Get set. Go. Yeah, well, actually, that's almost the call-out for you, isn't it? To get set and go. When it comes to 
Queensland's biggest sports quiz. I've been dropping answers all morning. Uh, dinner or drinks on us at the Waterloo Bay Hotel. Uh, all you need is the answer to this question to get in. You know how it works. First five callers get a second bite of the cherry to be the last man standing in our 10-question quiz. Who was named player of the match in the one-day World Cup final with his century? 13, 13, 55. That's the get-in question. Have you got the next nine? That's the big question. 13, 13, 55. Who was the player of the match in the World Cup final? Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Queensland's biggest sports quiz in just a moment. Who was player of the match in the one-day World Cup final? 13-13-55. That's your get-in question. Last man standing, 10 questions. And you're off for dinner or drinks on us at the Waterloo Bay Hotel. Uh, it's been a big show already. Uh, cups and coups have been the theme today. Yes, World Cup wins, uh, but also the coup at Rugby Australia. Daniel Herbert, the new chairman of Rugby Australia, had a very in-depth chat with him to kick things off. We'll be replaying some of his answers to the biggest burning issues in Australian rugby. Where, where does he even start? Do we have too many Super 12, uh, Super 12, Super Rugby teams? And how do we get Wallabies playing more football? Uh, do we get them back into club land? So all these questions have been answered by Daniel Herbert. I'll replay some of that as the hour goes on. But before we do that, let's rip into this. <laughs> Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. Uh, five minutes past 11. Who was named player of the match in the one-day World Cup final? Let's head straight to Mango Hill. Greg is on the north side. Greg, good morning to you. Did you stay up and watch it? Was it one you pulled an all-nighter for? Oh, mate, I watched a bit of it, and then I had a bit of a kip and then got the back end of it. <laughs> nice one. Well, you saw, you, you would have seen this uh, close out too. Who, who was named player of the match? Travis Head. Travis Head, indeed. Off and racing, waterloobayhotel.com.au. You can visit them online. Unforgettable memories. There's corporate events, of course. You've got Christmas parties coming up, celebrations, you name it. They'll look after you. Question number two, Greg. Which player was drafted as first pick in the AFL draft last night? Uh, Harley Reid. Harley Reid, indeed. Yes, that was one of the answers I gave earlier. Well done. Uh, what a night it was for the Gold Coast Suns as well. It's the AFLs putting their footprint on the Gold Coast, finally paying off uh, four players picked up in the first round. We'll go through them this hour as well. Uh, question number three. The Brisbane Bullets hosted which team, sadly, to a loss at the Armoury in this arena over the weekend? Uh, Perth Wildcats. 
With Wildcats, three from three. Greg, you are flying. John is death riding you. Uh, actually, you've got a couple of Johns who are breathing over your or breathing down your neck. But let's see if we can get question four. Uh, Dan Herbert spoke to him a little bit earlier, the new chairman of Australian rugby. How many World Cups did Herbie play in? Uh, I would say two. Two it was, yes, 1999 and 95 he made his first World Cup squad. Uh, the blockbusting number 13 outside centre. Question five, halfway there if you can get this one. Which player broke the record for the most ATP tennis final wins? Novak. Djokovic? Yes, Novak Djokovic. Brilliant. Uh, the Joker, the most wins. ATP finals. Question six. How many goals did the Socceroos score in the win over Bangladesh in Melbourne last week? Seven. It was seven. seven. What about this? Greg, you are flying six from six. Uh, question seven. Australia's won the most one-day World Cups with six. India are tied second with two World Cup wins. Who are they tied with? Who else has two World Cup titles? Uh, West Indies? Yes, West Indies. (laughs) Three to go, Greg. Three to go for the perfect score. No pressure at all. Which uh, NRL player has been released from his final year contract with the Sharks? to join the Lee Leopards in Super League? Matt Moylan. Matt Moylan, yes. I thought these might have been a bit more difficult, but no, Greg is absolutely flying. Mate, here we go. You can almost taste it at the Waterloo Bay Hotel. Cameron Smith, the golfer. Where is he ranked in the Live Golf Rankings? In Live Golf Rankings? Yeah. Well, where did he finish? Uh, uh, Second. Second, yes. <laughs> You've been listening, which is good. Question 10. For the perfect round, Greg from Mango Hill, no pressure. Name the two Australians who were part of the ICC one-day World Cup team of the tournament. Two Aussies made the cut. Yeah. Who were they? Uh was... Uh... Dave Warner? No, it wasn't Dave. Oh, Greg, so close. But you know what? John's standing by. You've got another chance. If you could quickly hang up and call back, you may get it if John can't. John, morning to you. What about this? Steve Bradbury, you. Who who were the two Aussies named in the team of the tournament for the one-day World Cup? I'd say Glenn Maxwell and Adam Zampa. Oh, John, what about you? I reckon you're going to have to take Greg with you to the Waterloo Bay Hotel. He did all the heavy lifting. Uh, Excuse me. It's the ultimate venue for celebrations, corporate events and unforgettable memories. Visit waterloobayhotel.com.au. Dinner or drinks on us, your choice. Oh, John, what about that, Steve? Did you stay up and watch the final? Did you you pull the all-nighter go through? It wasn't all-nighter. 3 3 a.m. it finished up. No, I didn't. I watched sort of the first innings and that was about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you think? Did you think when you went to bed that we were we were we I were right? We home early. I, yeah. No, I thought like early on when Rowett was blazing and I think Virat was still in when I went to bed. I thought we were no hope. Like yeah. over there, hundred thousand Indians. Yeah, exactly. The stadium was just blue. Yes, it was. It was an amazing sight to see. It was almost, it reminded me a bit like when the British and Irish Lions were out here and everything was red, sadly, for, for yeah. the Wallabies. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was amazing to see that blue tsunami around the stadium. Well, John, you enjoy your time out at the Waterloo Bay Hotel. I, I really feel for Greg, who did all that heavy lifting for you. But, hey, that's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Uh, you got in there um, just like uh, just like the Aussies' early doors. They got in there and, and did the job. Good on you, John. Thank you. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. I just used the term early doors. It's a cricket term, isn't it? Uh, or, or, I mean, early on, right? Early doors. Cricketers always use that term. I don't even know the origin of it. Early doors. Early doors. And here I am using it. Uh, all right, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, Dan Herbert had a uh, very interesting chat to him before uh, the 10 o'clock news. I'll bring you some of it straight after this 24 degrees rain around here in the southeast. I know it's needed. We just hope it just stops for the weekend with the Fortinet Australian PGA. 12 minutes past 11 here on SEN. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Slam and Sam, he is living up to his name today. That's a great one. Blaze of glory because we have the Brisbane Blaze in the house. This weekend, they are heading to the JDH Hockey One League Finals. Uh, of course, you can grab your tickets, hockeyone.com.au. Catch every single game of those finals live and free on 7+. Plus. Uh, this is Big Bash hockey style, basically. We've been speaking about this throughout the season as well, and it's been a revelation on 7+. Plus. And I have two of the Brisbane players, both making the semis in the house right now. Speaking of Tim Howard from the men's team and Savannah Fitzpatrick, and they are here together because they are here (laughs) together. Hey, couples, met through hockey, you play together, you stay together, right? That's how it works, Savannah? Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, That's how great the sport is. You can meet your partner. You can, yeah, play with your family and, yeah. Tim, there was a bit of apprehension there. There was a, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was. <laughs> no, it's been awesome. I think it's been, yeah, awesome. We get to travel Australia at the moment together. Um, and in the past, we've traveled the world together. So it's been um, it's been an awesome journey. Yeah, and traveling around Australia. We know, we know the epicenter of hockey in this country is Perth. That's where the High Performance Center is, is set up. You both spent time there. Is that... Is that is that where you met, or is it you both, or was it back here in in Brisbane? Uh, no, we definitely met in Brisbane before we both moved over. So <clears throat> pretty good friends. Um, one of Sav's mates, Ollie Crane, uh, was a great mate of mine. He's a great mate of mine, and uh, kind of met through him. And then we both moved to Perth, and um, you know, there's a pretty small network over there. So. Um, became friends and then became even better friends, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of how it started in 2018. 
2018. And still together, which is fantastic stuff. And together for the Brisbane Blaze, which is brilliant, both men's and women's team qualifying for the semifinals. Uh, well, we'll get into that very shortly because that's being played in Canberra. Um, you're up against Melbourne, Tim, and uh, Savannah up against the Thunder Six. Now, Savannah, I love your story. I love your family story too because you're, you've got sisters playing. And I say sisters, there's three Fitzpatrick girls playing for the Brisbane Blaze. Is that a good thing? Yes, it's a great thing. Um, yeah, it's unreal. I mean, we've grown up playing the sport together, but we, we do vary in age, so you're not sure if it ever will happen. And Maddie and I have obviously played um, together for Queensland for many years, and then for Australia, we were lucky enough to do that. But, yeah, our youngest, Kendra, is really the hope of the side. So it was <laughs> so good that, um, yeah, we've got to do that a couple of times now and that she's really secured her spot in the team. So it's unreal. The game was in your blood. Growing up, dad, mum played it as well. But they went even further. I mean, the most I've probably done for my kids is, is mowing a cricket pitch <laughs> in the front yard or, or set up a netball ring. But... But dad and mum went to great lengths at your place growing up as a kid. What did you have under the house? Yeah, I've got two very passionate uh, hockey parents. They, um, I can't remember if someone was selling a whole bunch of old turf because it's obviously like that artificial grass. AstroTurf. Yep, yeah, AstroTurf. And um, they said, yep, we'll take the lot and we'll make some goal width um, posts go under as well. And so, yeah, we've got our own mini hockey field under the house. See, some people have a garage or a <laughs> rumpus room, and Tim's nodding here. So you, you've, you've, you've seen this? You've been there? Yeah, I have been there. It's awesome. Um, I think they would have done a lot when they were kids, and even now, like, uh, if it's raining outside, then you can always go underneath the house, and you're in the undercover and having a hit, having a little run around, so it's awesome. Yeah, Tim, what about you and your journey? Have you have anything like that in the backyard or growing up? Oh, I definitely had a patch of AstroTurf at home, which was nice, and um, my dad worked for uh, – a wire rope company who did stainless steel beams and he made me a goal when I was 13 or 14, which was pretty cool, like a full-size goal. Um, so that was awesome, yeah, when I was a bit younger, 13, 14, 15, in the backyard having a hit. Brilliant stuff. Um, now, I, I want to talk about I want to talk about you guys following each other around the world. I mean, obviously playing, um, Savannah, w with the hockey ruse, you, you, you both went to Tokyo, you both went to the Olympics, which wouldn't have been, which would have been an experience in itself through COVID and, and lockdown and and being in a village that was kind of weird. But I want to fast forward to the the one that sort of, uh, for a weird way, put you on the map. You would have think playing for Australia put you on the map. But Birmingham and the Commonwealth Games last year, you weren't part of the Hockey Roos team. But, Tim, you were part of the Kookaburras uh, flying there. But you – that didn't stop you going from Birmingham, did it, Did it, Savannah? Oh, don't laugh. This is – you, because you 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 got noticed. Yeah, I did. I um, you could say I got more recognition than Tim. Perhaps Ooh. you could say I got more airtime than Tim. Um, yeah, I mean, my sister was in the women's team as well, so there was no way. Once they both got selected, there was no way I wasn't going to go and watch. Um, yeah. The Com Games is such a fun event, and um, yeah, I was certainly hydrated in the stands, and um, <laughs> I um, I got some airtime because I was just making ridiculous signs that would relate to. Um, Tim and his favourite beer and um, yeah I mean in the end it got, it got us recognised and Tim's pretty much got a partnership with Stone and Wood now so <laughs> Outstanding Not sure about a partnership but we've had a pretty awesome day down at, down at their Byron Bay Brewery so no, that was awesome after the Com Games took the medal down there and said hello and did the whole tour, which was awesome. Mm, no, no, I, I like partnership. I mean, you know, some may say I've got a partnership with Better Beer. Oh, they're not sponsoring anything. I just like to drink it. And, and my wife's got a partnership with Rosé. So, yeah, it's all there. It's all there for us. Uh, let, let's, let, let's, talk some, let's talk some sport. Uh, Tim, you're up against Melbourne in the semifinals. And this is the semifinals and the finals on the one weekend of, uh, of Hockey One. 
Yeah, so we play Melbourne on Saturday um, afternoon, two versus three fixture. So we finished uh, second, they finished third. Mm. I think it'd be a pretty good hit out. Both teams have um, a good good host of national players, um, some older players, which, you know, a lot of experience. So, yeah, I think it'll be a really good game, really fierce and competitive. It definitely was in Melbourne. It was pretty close. It was a three-run result. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, on to Sunday, which is the final, and hopefully we're playing in the big dance um, against either New South Wales or Tasmania. All right, and if you... There is a third place or a uh, is it a, is it a bronze medal? Is that what they call it, or a bronze playoff, or just third place playoff? Yeah, bronze medal playoff. You could probably call it. Yeah. I don't know. Do you get a medal? I don't know that you get a medal. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you do get a medal. We played in it last year against uh, Canberra. We we lost in a shootout to New South Wales in the semi, oh, no. which was a bit disappointing. But um, yeah, hope, hoping to to play in that big dance this year because um, yeah, you've got to play in it to win it. Yeah, no one likes playing for third, do they? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, how how hard is it to get up for a game like that? Yeah, yeah definitely hard. Yeah. yeah, I think the only the only uh, good thing about it is there's one better thing than finishing fourth, and it's finishing third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, Sav, you guys are up against um, Perth, the, the the Thunder Six, and again, because you, you finished second on the ladder as well, like Brisbane. No, yeah, we like, actually it was really tight in the women's. We actually finished first in the oh, end. First, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, we just My played, apologies. We yeah. played Perth on Sunday, just gone. So you're the hunted. Yeah, the well, it yeah. was it was so tight that like if we won the game, we'd come first, and yeah. if we lost it, we'd finish fourth. Eey. So no matter what, we were playing Perth yeah. um, in Canberra. So <laughs> it was kind of a, kind of a weird one. It's going to be a repeat. Well, that's the thing that the fact that you've seen them then up and close and personal so close does that give you an advantage? Yeah, a little bit. And I mean, we played really well. I mean, it's always nice playing at home. It was mm. it was really cool. It was it was a really good win. Everyone played really well. But yeah, I think it, that doesn't really count. Um, going into finals, you still have to win the semi. So yeah, we're just looking to forward to that and um, putting in a really good performance again. Do you get to cheer on each other? Do you get to make signs up? in this in this competition do you know what tim and i are very different pre-game like yeah. pre-game i like to be as distracted as possible from the fact that i'm about to play a game yeah so i'm just like out there watching tim cheering chatting to people whereas tim's just like in the change room probably reading over his notes like just checking in that he's done the oh. right scout like we're very different so i think even if tim had the choice i reckon he'd still stay in the change room how does that go at home then? I'm sort of <laughs> leading up to that. You want the peace and quiet in the zone and you're yeah. just out there. I'm a tornado. Yeah. I am an absolute tornado. I think that's what you would refer to me as. Yeah, tornado. I'm definitely headphones in and Sabs find the biggest speaker <laughs> as possible and uh, and play as loud as music. What's your go-to music? Um, oh, I mix it up. I do like to belt stuff out, like a bit of You're the Voice. Um, John Farnham. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, a bit yep. of that. Um, bit of anthem singing. Yeah. Yeah, and nice. then, yeah some stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of varies. Anything I can sing, really. Is it any good, Tim? <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, not the singing. Not I mean, the singing, the, the, yeah. the job. Wow. <laughs> the song, wow, no, I wasn't going right. to put you there. That. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> uh, now, Heels, uh, Pat and Heels, who do breakfast this, this morning, Heels left me with a question that I was supposed to write down. Um the what, a single touch tomahawk is no is that is that is that a phrase one time tomahawk one time tomahawk yeah what is that because oh. he'll said you got to ask what what that is yeah well there was actually one on the weekend from Joel Rintala which would be pretty cool to um, to share around but it's yeah. basically uh, tomahawk is like a back stick shot it's yeah. pretty difficult um, because we play right handed it's like on the left hand side of the body and um, yeah one time shot on the tomahawk is probably the hardest one. Um, I love how Tim is explaining this, but he's actually a defender. I'm a defender. So I don't know that Tim has ever actually performed a one-time tomahawk. Have you? I'm always passing the ball and then (laughs) the strikers are hitting them. 
I, I'm learning something here, and I've got to say, I, hockey was never in, in my repertoire growing up. Um, cricket, footy, all, all, the, all the above. Sam, did you say you play right-handed? Like, so everyone plays right-handed, yeah, even th- if they're left-handed. Yeah. yeah or, I'm, I'm learning something Or they attempt the whole, like, putting um, um, the hands the other way around, which is which just looks so funny. Oh, my so God. So odd, yeah. So you've got to be right-handed. How do you – are you both right-handed or is that – yeah, yeah, yeah okay. There's, there's a fair few left-handers though. Like, yeah, yeah. If you grow up playing hockey right-handed, often they, you know, they might play cricket or golf left-handed, but they still yeah, get around with the hockey stick in their right hand. See, that, that's one of the things that amazes me. That so my 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 son, he's a left-handed batsman, but he bowls and throws and catches right-handed and in cricket. And I just, go, how do you, how do you, yeah. how, do you even, how do you even do that? So uh, it, I don't know. That just that. Uh, yeah, it's that, funny. It's, it's, it's funny. You're just looking at me weird. And I was like, no, okay. But it's just something just it astounds me. Uh, all right. Can you imagine the Blaze double? Uh, did you dare to dream? Yeah, definitely. hundred mm. percent. I mean, um, New South Wales did it last year and it was unreal for the state and for the sport and it was really cool. But I think, yeah, we both have the sides to do it. It'll just be um, whether we can turn up twice um, in Canberra. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think. As we've been saying the whole year, I think both teams would be echoing the same message that you've got to put yourself into finals to give yourself the best chance at um, the finals weekend. So we've done phase one. We've um, finished on top of the club cup, actually, which is pretty cool. So um, similar to the AFL, like the aggregate men's and women's. So we finished on top of that, which was awesome. It went down to goals four because goal difference was the same, exact same between us and New South Wales. And I think maybe we'd scored five or six more goals across the whole season. So that was cool. But yeah, as I said, um, yeah, just trying to put ourselves in the position and now we turn up in Canberra to um, put our best foot forward and um, hopefully go well. Yeah, outstanding stuff. Anytime you can beat New South Wales in anything, it's a good thing. So be ticking that Definitely. off. Definitely. Uh, and just just on the format before I let you go, I mean, this is, you know, it started off this season as the, the, the big bash of hockey. That's that's how it was um, how it was promoted. The, the format is, it's, it's gaining traction, isn't it? And especially the streaming on 7 Plus, there's great numbers there. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, crowds at hockey, but also on 7 Plus, I think they've smashed records this year. So mm. no, it's amazing. I think as many people that come down as possible, there's men's and women's game on. There's plenty for the kids as well. So no, it's awesome to get down there and, and uh, have a look at hockey. Enjoyable format, enjoyable to see that that, that sort of um, uh, crowd numbers grow. Yeah, 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 we've loved it. I mean, everywhere we've travelled to as well, we've just absolutely loved having the crowds. And I think I just love the... The um, men and women equality piece around how like we're always travelling with them. We're one big team. We both play um, the same at the same venue, same um, day. Yeah, it's just been unreal, and I can't wait to see it grow even more. All right, well, we can't wait to cheer you on over the weekend. Uh, go down to Canberra and uh, fly. Uh, blaze, blaze your names across the sky. <laughs> Savannah Fitzpatrick and Tim Howard from the Brisbane Blaze. Uh, in the finals this weekend of the JDH Hockey One League, you can uh, catch all the action live and free on 7 Plus. Good luck, team, and go Brisbane. Thank you. Go, Blaze. Thanks for having us. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Sam, why? Why? Is it just because you like it? Is that the reason why? Or I, I hadn't thought of a song yet, so I panicked, and um, that and was that was just <laughs> that easily was accessible. Oh dear, oh dear. Uh, actually, look, I did mention that we we should be talking AFL draft. Uh, the Suns have picked up four in the first round. Uh, it is paying dividends. The Suns finally being on the Gold Coast. 
local products as well. Palm Beach Corumbans supplying three of them. Uh, actually, that's what we should do tomorrow. We should try and get onto one of the Suns recruits. There we go. Uh, Jed Walter picked up number three in the draft. They reckon he is a jet, a gun. Uh, we will do it all again tomorrow. Thank you for your company today. If you missed any part of the show, head to Spotify or Apple and download it. You will not be disappointed. Uh, I'm going to head it over to Jimmy Smith. That's right, off and running for a Tuesday. Thanks for your company. Do it again tomorrow. Until then, good luck. Good hunting.